on behalf of my wife and my family, I want to say thank you. And I, I just want you to know how much it means to us. Um, not to be lifted up or anything. It's, it's all about God. But just to be encouraged as you have today. Uh, you don't know the power of all that you've done and how it has inspired and encouraged. We're just so grateful. We're grateful God sent us here a year ago. Honestly, I did not think that Stoneville would have me. I know some of you would laugh, but uh, I literally, as Pastor Nail said when he was here in Revival, uh, he, he was very instrumental in getting me to step out in faith. And I promise you this, I, I think I've reached home till Jesus comes. I haven't felt this way everywhere I've ever been, but I, uh, we're so grateful for y'all, and there's so much that God wants to do in his brother Zeb. Brother Zeb, you did preach. <laughs> what a powerful message. I was sharing about, uh, I can't think of her name now, y'all help me. Brother Johnny, your granddaughter, Ivy. Ivy. She said, uh, she said, preacher, why are you so different? When you're in the pulpit, you're just so different. I said, what do you mean? You're so nice when you're out in the pulpit. When you're in the pulpit, you just so, <laughs> sound so mean. But Brother Zeb said it well. There's an urgency, church. There's an urgency, and I promise you my heart is, is engaged. Um, there's a song that says, I can see the lights of home. And I pray in all the noise and all the smoke and all the glitz of ministry today that we don't miss the pure revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anything can make us feel a supernatural, overwhelming or presence of some spirit, but God, let me feel your Holy Spirit. It's my desire, and I pray that's yours today. And I just want to say thank you for all that you do, those of you who are serving. And uh, like Brother Zeb said, there's so much to be done, and there's so many places we can plug in and really be a part uh, individually of this body that God has called here at Stoneville together to serve. And uh, we encourage you to do just that. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't thank you enough. We love you, we appreciate you, and uh, listen, if you ever get mad with me, just come talk to me. <laughs> I promise you we can reason together. Uh, over all the uh, uh, differences that we may face. And there will be. How many knows there will be? I've never sat around the table at home with my family that didn't find differences with my family. Amen. I got one amen. 
So we're, we're not going to always agree, but we can love one another and love God. Amen. And encourage one another and speak good of one another and speak good of our church. This is what's going to encourage. I, uh, I heard a pastor say this morning, he said it would be so easy or much easier to get sinners to church if we could just get the saints to church. And I thought, wow, what a powerful thing. And I want to thank you for all that you do in your faithfulness in attendance. Uh, church attendance won't get you to heaven by no stretch because the man on the cross got saved before he died. But I promise you this, if you're a part of God and you're saved, you'll want to be a part of his church somewhere that you can grow and be discipled thereby. I told you I wasn't going to preach long, Brother Zeb. I'm going to piggyback off of something there that he has said. Uh, again, our kids, give our kids another hand for the Lord. Uh, I'm just so overwhelmed. I, I don't know whether to preach, talk, cry, uh, grow hair. Uh, turn with me in your Bibles, if you will, for a moment. I'm going to share with you just, just briefly from the Word of God. As Brother Zeb has already shared, and what a, what a powerful thought, the urgency of being ready, being prepared. When I got saved many years ago, Luke chapter number 9, if you'll turn there, I want to read in just a minute. When I got saved many years ago, something really happened in me. I mean, I, I knew I was saved. It wasn't, it wasn't just making a statement and saying a prayer. Something happened on the inside of me. But I noticed that uh, I was not forced into anything. God didn't force me into anything. I was compelled by his spirit after that. But I was not forced to be obedient. I was compelled to be obedient. I still had the ability to make my own decisions. Does it make sense? I still was a free moral agent. But I was compelled by his spirit and by what he had done on the cross of Calvary. How many is thankful for what he done on the cross? The central point of all humanity and the focus of all humanity and their hope lies at the cross. At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I'm happy all the day. Even in the disappointments of life, I find joy in my salvation, amen. Even in the struggles of life, I find joy in my salvation. I can say that there have been times that I felt like giving up. Has anybody ever had them? There have been times I felt like Giving up. I'm trying to keep this short, but I feel something happening. <laughs> I can't tell you that I have not literally gone into a place in my life 
where I have struggled with pressing on. I'm not talking about as a pastor. I'm not talking about as a minister. I'm talking about in my walk with God. There has been times in my life where I felt like giving up. But the reason I did not give up is because I made a choice because I was compelled by higher power. I could not press on on my own, so I had to make a choice. Am I going to listen to the enemy? Or am I going to choose to press on in his grace? And I chose to press on. That did not mean that I had the power to do it, but I trusted in his power to keep me and to strengthen me as I pressed on and I moved on. Amen. I want to tell everybody here today, you're going to have some, some downtime in your life or you're going to have some valleys in your life, but I promise you there's going to be a mountain on the, on the other side of every valley, amen? There's going to be a season of joy on the other side of every season of sorrow. He is a God who will lead you through the low places in life. Don't you settle for where you're at. Choose to say, I'm going forward. Choose to press on. Brother Zeb was talking about the virgins that weren't prepared. Some that were, five that were, five that weren't. Five that weren't did not have any focus. They had not chose to be prepared. They did not choose to get ready. They did not choose to be prepared for the time when the bridegroom would come. It's a choice today that we make. And in Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 26, the Bible kind of sums that up and I want to piggyback off that just a moment. When Jesus is speaking to his disciples as he's speaking of his death, but then he talks to them about discipleship and he says in verse 23, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it for a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his own soul? If I could title this message this morning, I would just want to title it simply this, All In. How many is all in today in your walk with God? You're all in. Since you have given your life to the Lord, I'm all in. I'm not partially in. I'm not hanging around as the five uh, uh, unwise uh, virgins did, just, uh, just going ahead and going through the motions and not being ready. I'm all in today in my walk with God. When I got saved years ago, I, I was all in. Glory to God. When I got uh, uh, begin to, to, to make my journey with God and my discipleship, uh, I was all in. As I, as I began to realize that I needed that devotion time in my life, I was all in. All this uh, w w was beginning to nurture me into who I should be. My attendance in church, I was all in, not because uh, I wanted to have an award at the end of the year for having perfect attendance in church or, or being faithful in church. It wasn't about that. It was being faithful to God. Amen. Amen. Everything we do is not about being seen. It's about being faithful. 
Can somebody give him glory? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's not not about our glory, but about his glory. Because if we're riding the coattails of of, of, of accolades and and, and receiving awards and and being seen, then we're not prepared. We're just not simply where we ought to be. We've got to get to a place where we're all in. And, And the only place we've achieved that is when we realize that everything we do and all that we are and every choice we make should be centered around giving him glory and being faithful to him in our life. And I wish somebody would hear what I'm about to say. If that means that I don't need to marry this man or this woman because it would be out of the realm of God's will, then I need to obey God. If God is is blessing the union, then I need to get married. If God don't want me to go down this path, then I don't need to go down this path. If God's leading me down a different direction, then I need to obey him. Everything is not about what I want or all my friends want or all my family. It's about what he wants and what he wants will bring together everything in perfect, come on somebody, in a place of perfection that we cannot attain just by simply existing. I don't want to just exist. I don't want our church to just exist. Come on somebody. I don't want to be when Jesus comes back that he finds us lukewarm and not ready. My goodness, let us be the church, hallelujah to God, and the people individually that are prepared, that have made a choice. I may have had some bad days, but I didn't let it put my fire out. I may have had some struggle, but I didn't let it put my fire out. I may have had to go through some valleys, but dear God, I'm not gonna let it put my fire out because I'm gonna stay near to the fire in prayer and in faithfulness unto God. There are many times we don't physically feel and spiritually feel like doing things, but it's not about our feeling, it's about our faith. And I wanna tell somebody today that we need to tune in again and be reminded that it's about lifting up the name of Jesus so that he can draw all men unto him. If our church is gonna grow, it won't grow because you got a good preacher or because you got a good choir and you got good programs, it's gonna grow because we've lifted up the name of he of Jesus and we've preached him and we've lived him what can wash away my sin coming to Sunday school time and time again no what can make me whole again listen to the preacher Every now and then, no. These are things that we should do in faithfulness to grow in the Lord and to honor him. But we can't save nobody. Only God can. And we can't be used of God to save anybody until we are all in. Give God praise if you believe that. The greater part of our Christian walk depends on denying self. The moment I got saved, I remember getting on the school bus. I remember hearing some of the students on there and some of the foolishness that was going on and 
I was never really comfortable with it anyway, but even more so, not being judgmental, I, I was a new creature. And I'm telling you, I just did not like some of the things that were being said, and I, I'd pray for them. Some of the things they would do, I'd pray for them. I'd tell them about how the Lord saved me, and I gave my life to him, and they'd laugh at me. Come on, anybody ever been there? And I remember time and time and time again telling them, I'm going to pray for you because that was my heart. I wanted them to have what God had done for me. I wanted them to be saved and set free from, from the lifestyle and the, the, the mentality that they had in their life. And I realized I couldn't do it, only God could. But I wanted them to be saved. I had a burden for them to be saved. How many's got a burden for the lost? If we don't have one, we need to get one. If we don't have a burden to see lost come to know Christ, come on somebody. Everything we do is about glorifying him and choosing to follow him and deny ourselves so that somebody else can come to know the Savior. Jesus Christ crucified from the foundation of the world. If I have to deny myself in order for somebody to come to know this salvation that I've been blessed to know, then dear God, let me decrease and increase in my life that you'll be everything. Hallelujah. The greater part of our Christian walk is about surrender and becoming, as, as John the Baptist said, in the mentality of decreasing so that he must increase in John 3 and 30. Uh, he said that, that Jesus must increase and I must decrease. And, uh, come on now. I, I, I thank you for all that you've done. But let's also not lose focus. I, I'm so grateful for, for your love and I appreciate it. And, and God honors what you've done today. But let's not forget as well that Jesus must increase. Jesus must increase. Jesus must increase. Jesus must increase. Ah, yeah. We need him to increase and we must decrease. We must decrease to the place that we're, we're nothing more than, than, than people who've been redeemed of God that others who are lost can connect to God through. If we're not living the life that is connectable to the lost, then we need to be on our knees saying, sanctify me. Saint, my goodness, somebody ought to hear what I'm saying. If we're the kind of people, come on now. I realize not everybody's gonna want salvation even if you're right close to God and where you need to be. But don't let us be stumbling blocks. We gotta deny ourselves. The greater part of who we are is who he is. I remember Alabama. Y'all remember Alabama? Don't y'all act so sanctified that y'all don't remember hearing them sing? I kind of like to listen to Alabama. Roll on highway. Talks about a man who had went off on the, on the road. and I'm trying to hurry, but y'all just go with me. He gets in an accident on the way back. His mom was praying for him. 
God took care of it. Also, my mind goes to a place. One of the songs they sang talked about my razor is rusty and my barber is bored because <laughs> I'm not that way anymore. Now, don't y'all go telling everybody that Pentecostal preacher at Stoneville is encouraging country music. I think some things are fine to listen to. But a lot of that stuff needs to be turned off. But I remember listening to that when I was a kid coming up. I'm not that way anymore. Time's closing yesterday's door. But I'm just as happy as I was before. Because I'm not that way anymore. I want to tell you, I'm happier than I was not the person I used to be. I'm happier than I was. I'm not that way anymore. Why? Because I came to know Christ as Savior. It wasn't something that he forced on me. It was a choice I made based upon the knowledge of knowing that I needed Christ as Savior, Lord of my life. And I made that choice. And when I made that choice, I had to deny myself. I had to deny everything that would stand betwixt me and allowing him to be the center of my life. When you get saved, it's not an option. He belongs center of your life. He's not just a, a, a lawyer that, that sits around in heaven's corridor and office that every time you get in trouble, you need to go to him to fix that. He needs to be center of your life. He's not somebody you hire just to, so to speak, just to deal with certain problems when they come along. He needs to be the center of our life. And the only way he can be that is when we deny ourself and let him take the role of the central piece of who we are. I'm not, it's not about Brett. It's not about Stoneville. It's about Jesus. Why? Because we're putting him center of where he belongs and denying everything else so that he... <laughs> Hallelujah, I gotta, I gotta hurry. This is wisdom. This is wisdom. Deny your, yourself. If you're going to follow me, you gotta deny yourself. I've gotta be sinner. You've gotta decrease. I've gotta take control. You've gotta be willing to walk in the direction of his leadership. You've got to be willing to surrender. How many is willing to surrender? Amen. I want to tell you that there's, there's many today and it's okay. We've all been there. Just because we've grown in the Lord don't mean we still don't fall short sometimes. And there are times when I have to pray, God, help me. To be surrendered. There are times when literally I find myself struggling with trying to slide Jesus out of the center place of my life. And I have to be reminded to get out the way and let him have his way. This is what he wants. It's a place of surrender, denying me. Then he says, take up your cross daily. We have to be at a place of full surrender in our life that we're willing to die for what we believe. Amen. I know. Come on now. I know many of us have seen it. Maybe we've experienced it. 
We think the Christian life and following God is all about the blessings and the cars and the, the houses and, and the money and everything else. So, you know, yeah, well, it's easy to think that way when you've been preached to that way for so long off a of television ministry. Oh, well, if you'll give a thousand, God will give you ten thousand. Oh, I planted 5,000. I'm telling you, if you went back and listened to some of the testimonies of the people that give, I promise you that some of them would tell you I never got $50,000 when I gave 5,000. I lost $5,000 because they wasn't doing what God said do. They were doing what the people on TV said do. That ain't what God has saved us for. He'll bless us. Don't get me wrong. I believe God blesses financially. Amen. I believe he does. But that's not the center point of my service to him and following him. I'm not following him for riches. Come on, man. I'm not following him for a big bank account and new, new cars and, 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 and oh my goodness. The list goes on and on. I'm not following him for this. Why am I following them, him? Because the old life got rusty and I got tired of the devil and I came to know Jesus as my savior. I was on my way to hell. Why am I following him? He has been my saving grace. He saved me. He sanctified me. He made me a new creature in Christ. This is why I follow him. I'm not following him for a new suit, prestige, and fame and fortune. I'm not following him so churches will call me and I can charge $50,000 to come and speak at those churches and get, get, get chocolate pieces put on a motel uh, uh, bed so I can have all the amenities and the conveniences of life. I'm not following him for those reasons. I'm following him because he is the only way to salvation for a world that's lost in sin. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's a lot of folk following so many people in this world today. They're following California stars. They're following Nashville stars. They're following bad idols that are living in their communities. They're following mamas and daddies I want to tell you this you better look above all that and follow the only one who is able to keep you from falling some people made their idol Hollywood stars were their idols listen, listen to the hate that is spewing out of their mouths over this election today And they think just because they bought your heart over hundreds of movies that they've got your allegiance. I don't care what they have to say. They can get all the stars they want to to go speak for Joe Biden. I'm not following Joe Biden. I'm not following Donald Trump. I'm following Jesus. 
And I'm gonna go ahead and say it. November 3rd's coming. They don't want to, they don't want the church to say anything. Just keep your mouth shut. Don't get involved in politics. Somebody better tell somebody that you do not vote to annihilate and kill babies, and you don't vote to allow same-sex marriages, and you don't vote to do these things. Somebody ought to tell somebody to quit following the world and start following Jesus again. Hey man, I can't tell you who to vote for, but if you'll follow Jesus, he'll let you know, amen, to God, who to vote for. Well, sit down, and that's what they'll say, preacher, sit down and shut up. I got just as right to speak as anybody else does. You got just as much a right to speak as anybody else does. Remember, you're a taxpayer and this is your country too. God knows where he's going, but I, I didn't follow him for prestige and fame and fortune. Come on, Anna Grace. I followed him because he is the way. I'm not. Now give him glory if you want to give him glory. You don't get to vote on whether Jesus is Lord or not, he's Lord whether you vote on it or not. He's Lord. Stand with me if you will, please. It takes a denying. And then he said, take it up the cross. Simply this. When the Roman soldiers would execute, we all know the story. But just to remind us and maybe for some that don't crucifixions were real it wasn't something they just did to Jesus and two thieves on a cross beside him that was how they executed people in those days and one of the most humiliating parts of that was that they had to carry their own cross all the way up think about they had to carry their own cross. Not only were they going to die on what they were carrying, but the people watched and many of them would, would probably stand back and rejoice and laugh and mock not only Christ, but also the other offenders. It wasn't easy. They went through all that humiliation to die. Jesus went through that humiliation to die to die for you and me and then he says take up your cross what does that mean deny yourself surrender to me and be willing to die for me because you cannot follow me unless you're all in hear what I'm saying you can't follow him unless you're all in what do you mean by that preacher you won't follow him unless you're all in. 
And you can't be all in just on Sunday. Jesus said, I need you to carry your cross daily. Daily. I want to be all in because he was all in for me. I want to partake of the sufferings of Christ that he would be glorified in my life. Can I tell somebody today that the greatest testimony you have is not how God brings, brings you to a place of, of justification in this life alone. The greatest rejoicing that you're going to have today is knowing this, that when we stand before God, he's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. The enemy may laugh at you now. He may mock you now. But I promise you there's coming a day when he's going to watch the King of kings and Lord of lords usher you in to the presence of God. I don't know about you, but Hollywood can usher you into all kind of mindsets and hopes and dreams and Nashville can sing you into, into places that, that aren't even real and get you locked in. But Jesus can take you into supernatural places that can cause you to rise above the very struggles of your life. Jesus can. I mean, my goodness, they created Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash. Superman died. Preacher, you shouldn't say that. Hmm. No, no, no. Camera tricks. They'd get them up in the air and make them fly. It looked so good. I, hey, don't get me wrong. I liked Superman too when I was coming up. But I found out that there was a, a real Superman. Woo! He's not weakened by the kryptonite of sin. Can somebody give him glory? He is not weakened by the kryptonite of sin. He can walk through walls and fly through the clouds. He can step on one cloud and walk to another. As a matter of fact, he was rising up in the clouds of glory when the angel said, don't be ashamed, this same Jesus that you see leaving, he's coming back in like manner. This same Lord. He's coming again. He's Superman, amen. He's able to destroy the sins of the world in one single moment on the cross of Calvary. He's able to heal the blind, raise the dead, and cause the sick to be healed. He's a Superman. He's able to hit the out of hospital if he wants to. Thousands upon thousands come to, to mighty uh, events overseas, and many are healed. America could have it again if they get their eyes off of Hollywood and every piece of wood that is of the devil and come seeking him. We gotta deny ourselves. America has to deny himself. I'm gonna say this and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not advocating. I'm a Trump man and that's my prerogative. That's me. But you tell me how a man who had everything he ever wanted at his age would walk away from it to fight 
what he's fighting. He denied himself to serve the people. I thought about that for a minute. How many of us are willing to deny ourselves to become servants for the Lord? I pray today that you'll understand that it's time to make a decision. As Brother Zeb said, and I'll piggyback off of that today. You need to be that wise, that wise person, that wise virgin that had their lamps ready. They stayed prayed up. They stayed in a place of denial. They lifted their cross and they followed him. This is the ultimate ultimate sacrifice that we can give to the Lord. You believe that today? Every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment. Just lift your hand and say, thank you, Lord. This morning, I want to ask if there's anyone all over the, this building. If you don't know the Lord as Savior of your life today, God has spoken to you. Maybe you do. Maybe you've, you've kind of allowed the Lord to to kind of be moved out of the central place of your life. Don't, don't be ashamed of that. That's happened and it's potentially can happen to anybody walking with the Lord. We have to stay on guard. We have to be alert. But if you don't know him as your savior today, you're not promised even walking out of this door. You could die at any moment. And I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm just trying to tell you how urgent it could be. Maybe you didn't die, but maybe Jesus come. And all those that have been saved and redeemed were raptured up out of this building right now and you were left behind. You look around to those that were standing with you worshiping God, they're gone. Where are you at? I'm not trying to scare you. I'm telling you, God loves you and he sent his son to die you die for you so you could have better than that because what the devil has for you is eternal damnation but what God has for you is grace for every need of your life to save you to sanctify you to fill you to live in you and to carry you into pastures that are green God loves you. If you don't know him today as your Savior, I want you to take a moment. Don't hesitate. If the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart, come and kneel at this altar right now. Don't be ashamed of him. This is your day. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. This is your day.